Warning, the following show contains explicit language. Certain people should not listen to this show, such as children and panty-waist adults who cry like 12-year-old little girls when they hear profanity. Welcome to the Dr. Reality Podcast. I'm Dave Champion. When we compare the data that's been released overseas concerning SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19 and the data that's being released currently by the CDC, there is a huge distinction in the volume and the kinds of data that is being withheld here from the American people in the U.S. by the CDC. When we take a look at the data that's being released by governments all over the world, it paints a dramatically different picture than what we're getting here. Let's take a look. Perhaps the first tangible piece of information that I had that would indicate that the U.S. domestic vaccine narrative oh, might not be completely accurate, was a couple months back in Las Vegas. I live just a little while outside of Las Vegas in a small town. But in Las Vegas, employees of a hospital had a pool party. And in the days after the pool party, some of them started to get uh, what they described as like allergy symptoms, but they didn't have allergies. So they went and got tested. So get this. Of the 11 people that tested positive for the presence of SARS-CoV-2, eight had been vaccinated. That was one of the first examples where we could look and say, okay, the pool of people who were infected was, in this particular case, 11. And of the 11 infected people, eight were fully vaccinated. That conveys an entirely different story than what we've been told ever since the vaccine rolled out in very late December 2020. Since then, we're seeing data from all over the world that conveys the same type of percentage as that early story out of Las Vegas. For instance, Singapore, I don't know what, 10 days ago, was reporting 75% of new daily infections are in people who have been vaccinated. Uh, Israel is reporting, I forget the exact numbers I'm sitting here, but it's over 50% of new daily infections are people who are vaccinated. Uh, here in the United States, in Massachusetts, what has become known as the Provincetown outbreak, 74% of the people were fully vaccinated. Needless to say, these type of percentages don't remotely mirror the U.S. domestic vaccine narrative that Americans were getting from the very late December 2020 all the way through the beginning or middle of July. That whole time we were getting one narrative, but yet there was this ever-growing body of information that said something different. So why the huge chasm from the sales pitch to what we're seeing today? Well, it may well be something called antibody-dependent enhancement, ADE. This may very well be the very first time you've ever heard of it. And that in and of itself is disturbing because Pfizer and the government have long been aware of it. If you're watching on video, yeah, the reading glasses are on, so you know I'm going to be sharing a lot of information from various publications and authoritative websites. So we're going to start with this. In the FDA briefing document that was submitted to the FDA in order to achieve the emergency use authorization for the Pfizer vaccine, buried at the very end of the briefing document, we find this, quote, risk of vaccine-enhanced disease. Vaccine-enhanced disease is another phrase which is identical in meaning to antibody-dependent enhancement. So, risk of vaccine-enhanced disease over time remains unknown and needs to be evaluated further in ongoing clinical trials and in observational studies that could be conducted following authorization and or licensure. 
So what we're seeing here in this document, this is a document in possession of the FDA, is that they're saying we don't know whether the Pfizer vaccine produces antibody-dependent enhancement. Okay? But it's okay. We don't need to find out now. We'll find out later, after it's authorized and everybody's had it. Then we'll find out if that happens. This is a really odd position for the FDA to take because previous coronavirus vaccine attempts, when they were trying to manufacture uh, vaccines for various coronavirus, were terminated for exactly this issue. The one they said, never mind, we'll figure it out later. Well, in earlier attempts to coronavirus vaccines, the concern over ADE caused them to terminate the work. But now it's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out later. Makers of mRNA vaccines say that ADE really isn't an issue. Well, the reason they say that is from a National Institute of Health report issued in March of 2020. Huh. So let's see. The federal government declared SARS-CoV-2 to be a public health threat in the United States in February. I think it was February 20th. And by March, National Institute of Health is coming out and saying that there's no evidence that mRNA vaccines result in ADE. If you're thinking to yourself, wait, the SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccines didn't even exist in March 2020 when NIH made that statement, you'd be right. But that's what the mRNA vaccine manufacturers are relying on to tell the public, oh, no, it doesn't cause ADE. I'm about to share with you statements from some experts. However, before I do that, this is probably a great time for me to tell you exactly and specifically what antibody-dependent enhancement is. First of all, to be clear, it is caused by the vaccine, absent being injected with a vaccine, whatever vaccine happens to cause it. And there, there more than one. It's a known phenomenon. It doesn't always happen, but it's known to happen. So it results from being vaccinated. And when it does result, I'm not going to get into the whole chemistry, the physiology of it. We'd be here a very long time. Suffice to say, what it does is it makes it easier to become infected with the same virus again. And when the vaccine has caused ADE and the person becomes reinfected with the same virus, the effects are far more severe. So if being more readily infected and having the effects be far more severe sounds like pretty much the antithesis of what one would want from a vaccine. You understand why prior to SARS-CoV-2, the attempts at creating a coronavirus vaccine had been stopped out of concern about ADE. Just not this time. Biochemist and molecular biologist Dr. Doug Corrigan said, quote, I believe that the risk of ADE is an order of magnitude greater in vaccine-primed immune system rather than a virus-primed immune system. In other words, what he's saying is if somebody contracts SARS-CoV-2 and they have their natural immune response to it versus somebody who may not have been infected but had the vaccine and their immune system responded to the vaccine, that the odds of getting of an ADE response are exponentially greater than the person who was simply infected by the wild virus. There's been a lot of discussion about whether or not running around the globe sticking everybody with the SARS-CoV-2 vaccines is actually 
experimental. Now, I can't say here right now to you, I can't confirm, I can't say it is experimental. Why? Because this video would be taken down and I would probably be deplatformed. You can't say that. You can't say anything on social media that goes against, at least in the United States, that goes against what the establishment, what the government is promoting. Whatever they're promoting, factual or non-factual, if you say something that is in conflict with that on social media, then you're going to be suspended or deplatformed. So I'm not saying, I want to be very clear, I'm not saying it's experimental. But I will say this. You may be aware that Israel contracted exclusively for the Pfizer vaccine. And I want to share the words with you of, what is his name, Albert Borla. He is the CEO of Pfizer. And he publicly said, he said these words out loud, Israel has become the world's lab. And by that, he meant for his company's coronavirus vaccine. Uh, By the way, you might be interested to know the third shot has just been approved in Israel. And in my opinion, what they're trying to do is address a problem. Could it be ADE? By a third shot. But since there's no way to cure ADE, then there would need to be a fourth shot. And then later, a fifth shot. Because people with ADE will remain vulnerable until essentially SARS-CoV-2 is gone from the planet. As an aside, Borla also said, quote, there are a lot of indicators telling us there is protection against transmission. Transmission, that means infection, person to person. There's a lot of indicators. So in scientific terms, do you know what indicators mean? Indicators mean there's no hard evidence. <laughs> That's example. Somebody says there's a lot of indicators. It means we don't really know. We can't prove it. But we're choosing to interpret these things over here as an indication of. Is that the pitch you were hearing from the United States government and the media? All right, pay careful attention to this next one. This is virologist Kevin Gilligan, a senior consultant with Biologic Consulting who advises on safety in drug trials. And he said, quote, ADE is a genuine concern because if the gun is jumped and a vaccine is widely distributed that is disease-enhancing, that would be worse than actually not doing any vaccination at all. Now, the reason I say pay careful attention, remember this from the FDA briefing? Risk of vaccine-enhanced disease over time remains unknown and needs to be evaluated further in ongoing clinical trials and in observational studies that could be conducted following authorization and or licensure. In other words, while Gilligan is saying you absolutely do not want to jump the gun because if a vaccine creates ADE, ADE, you're worse off than if you had done no vaccination at all. And here we have the FDA saying, we'll figure that out later. For the record, Pfizer is well aware of ADE, and they even acknowledge that ADE may result from being vaccinated with their vaccine. We know this because in a document that they filed with the FDA, they listed 30, What were, this was during the clinical trials before it was released to the public, they provided the FDA with a list of 30 adverse outcomes or adverse results after vaccination with their vaccine. There were 30 of them. The very last one 
was antibody-dependent enhancement. Now, if you've read as many reports and papers and documents of this nature as I have, you know that whenever a drug manufacturer or whenever some research is trying to get a point across, they're trying to get you to accept X, whatever X is, whatever is damaging to that always goes at the very end. It's buried. I remember I read one research paper, and I think it was 200 and something paragraphs. The key part that was like, okay, warning, red flags, don't do this. I mean, it was buried in like the 191st paragraph. That's what these companies do. Whenever something is disadvantageous, whenever something might tend to cause people to say, whoa, 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 this is not a wise idea, they bury it at the end, just as Pfizer did when they listed the adverse effects that could result from having their vaccine. The very last thing they mentioned down at the bottom was ADE. Since the original pitch was full effectiveness of the Pfizer vaccine could be achieved in two injections, and now we have three. We don't know how many there's going to be in the long run. We have to ask ourselves why, especially in the case of Israel. Most of the people in Israel, they were vac- those that have been vaccinated, most of them were vaccinated in February and March of this year. And yet already in late July, Israel said, yeah, go ahead and get a third shot. So we're talking four or five months here. No matter what the average person thinks of how a vaccine should operate, needing more shots four or five months later after you already had two is not how they are supposed to operate if they are working correctly. If it turns out to be the case that the reason you need a third shot, and I'm sure in the not too distant future, a fourth shot and so forth, if it turns out the reason for that is ADE, then the really ugly truth at that point would be that the vaccines are causing ADE. And again, ADE makes it easier for reinfection with the same virus, and you have more severe effects. In other words, to avoid that, to avoid being infected more easily a second time, to avoid those more severe effects if you are infected a second time, the only solution is more injections. Just like a junkie needs heroin so they don't get sick. Same thing, except the first couple shots that got you hooked Yeah, you got those for free. You didn't have to buy them on the street. So is, in fact, what we're seeing ADE. Well, again, I can't make any pronouncements because I'd get suspended and deplatformed. But I do want to share some data with you, okay? Uh, This comes from a July 23rd report from the English government. And it's entitled, so you can go look it up for yourself, SARS-CoV-2 Variants of Concern and Variants Under Investigation in England. Technical Briefing 19, okay? That was released on July 23rd. So here's some interesting statistics from that report. Deaths from the Delta variant in persons 50 years of age or older, vaccinated, 220, unvaccinated, 131. Further, in the 50 and above group, 5.7 times more people who were fully vaccinated needed medical care for COVID-19 than non-vaccinated persons. 7.5 times the number of people needed COVID, needed medical care for COVID-19 if they were vaccinated. So is antibody-dependent enhancement, ADE, what we're seeing playing out in the world right now? 
Again, for the aforementioned reasons concerning being suspended or deplatformed, I can't say. But I think only a fool would dismiss the possibility. And, in fact, I think when you look at all the various possibilities of what could be causing what we're seeing all over the world, ADE is clearly up there at the top of the list. There's very few explanations for this other than ADE. If you appreciate this sort of honest discourse on facts, data, and evidence, especially in these sorts of matters, uh, do me a favor so that I can continue to be here for you, and especially if you dig kind of the physiology thing, uh, go to drreality.news. Take a look at body science, because if this kind of thing, you you hear this, these facts, the way we present them, and the, the logic and the rationale, then I think you're really going to appreciate body science. And the wonderful thing about it is it's broken down in such a way that anyone can understand it. There's two chapters that are a wee bit sciencey because there's no way to get around that. But it's still very, very easy to understand. And the takeaway from that, when you read body science, is that you will forever, for the rest of your life, no one will ever be able to fool you. You will have absolute knowledge moving forward for the rest of your life on exactly how to prevent chronic disease in your life. And I'll add that chronic disease, especially in America, but all over the world, kills exponentially more people every year than SARS-CoV-2 has in the last 18 months. So yeah, chronic disease is what's really killing people. I mean, SARS-CoV-2 has been bad, don't get me wrong, and I'm not minimizing the death of a single human being, but really, chronic disease is what's killing people across the world. So if you want to know how to make sure you can take yourself and go, hey, this whole chronic disease thing, I'm out. Uh, go to drreality.news. Get yourself a copy of Body Science. There's a few other publications you might want to take a look at while you're there. And thanks for being here.